Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard this inspirational flight with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Mr. Man of Purpose himself, your host, J.R. Dicklin. tonight right here on Soul of America Radio. I want to take the time first and foremost to say happy Veteran Day and a Veterans Day go out to each and every one of our men and women who have served and yet are serving in our American Armed Forces. I want to make sure that we take the opportunity in our show tonight to salute you that have put your uh, life on the line, who have literally signed your name to a blank check uh, as you have stood in and stood in defense of our freedoms of our country and i want to make sure that you know today how grateful we are for you and so i take the moment tonight to salute you i take the moment tonight to uh to honor you i take the moment tonight to make sure that we collectively will remember the work and remember the sacrifice that you have made and yet are making in today's time and I uh, just want to say happy Veterans Day and just want you to know that we couldn't be who we are except that you have been who you are and I like to say it even in another way here today you are truly the real heroes of our day because what you have done and what you continue to do is greater than a is greater than a, a three point shot buzzer beater. Is better than a home run. Is better than a uh, is better than a hole in one. Is better than a a spike shot. Is better than any of those things that we associate with our sports. Because your life is on the line, and you have put yourself in harm's way for us. So those of you that are listening tonight, I pray that if you have a loved one or you know someone who has served in the armed forces, that you would take the opportunity to just commend them, congratulate them, and tell them thank you for the service that they have given and have literally put their lives on the line. And uh, that is so much uh, to be applauded tonight. Well, tonight here we are. Uh, one week after the election, and so much have happened. Uh, our president has been reelected. Uh, president Barack Obama uh, has been uh, reelected for a second term, and uh, everyone is not happy about that. Uh, there are a lot of people that are still in protest. There's still scare and intimidation um, measures that are being uh, put forth, and people are just doing some real terrible thing. And it's amazing to me that you know that oftentimes when people cannot have what they want then they use tactics and devices to intimidate, to try to make one fearful, to uh, cause one to be disheartened. And we just have to be really, we just really have to be, um, you know, really mindful of what uh, we stand for. Uh, We have to be very mindful because, in fact, it is worth, it is worth us standing up for our liberties and not being intimidated. and we have to just continue to move forward. And when we move forward, what we'll discover is that uh, we'll find ourselves on the receiving end of great things because anything worth having is worth fighting for. Uh, fighting for is the key. Uh, fighting for is the key. So, you know, that's the main thing that I will say is that tonight that as we have stood one week after uh, the election, uh, we are still standing, 
and there's still healing to be done in this company, in this country of ours. Uh, and we have to continue to stand for that which is right, and uh, we must continue to go forth inside of what is being done. I'm so glad that you've taken the time to be with us tonight. You're listening to J.R. Fickman, and I'm your host tonight of Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And you're listening to us right here on Soul of America Radio. And uh, we're so glad that you've taken the time to be with us on this Veterans Day. And uh, and I pray that if you have a friend, a loved one, a relative, a, a neighbor who has served or who might be serving in the armed forces, that you would take the time to say thank you, that you would acknowledge their work that they've been doing and the things that they've been doing that really have made it possible for us to enjoy the liberties that we enjoy each and every day and too often that we take for granted. So as I say that to you today, I am looking forward tonight. Tonight is going to be more or less an open forum type of a show. There's a few things that is on my heart that I'd like to share with you tonight as it relates to not only uh, subject that we cover all the time, abuse and domestic violence, but you know, tonight we, we might expand it just a little bit further to talk about abandonment and talk about rejection and the pain that often happens when one feels rejected and when one feels that they have been uh, discarded, when one all of a sudden feels like they're not significant, because all of those things could lead to a sense of hopelessness and affect the way a person perceives the world. So um, I want you to do me a favor tonight, even as we're getting ready to go into our show tonight, why don't you call a friend, call a neighbor, why don't you even email someone, text someone, let them know that Hope and Healing is on the airway, and they're invited to listen in or call in if they'd like to be a part of the show. They can call in at area code 323-784-9638. Let me say it again. That's area code 323-784-9638, and we look so forward to them being on the air with us today on Hope and Healing. As I was saying here just a second ago, there are so many people that are affected by so many things. I was reading an article today about a particular church that happened to be in Jacksonville, Florida, and this particular church, interestingly enough, have an issue, and that issue is the fact that they have a pastor who has been deemed a sexual predator. And, of course, here in this state, like many states, that when you're a sexual predator, you have to you have to register as a sexual predator. And part of those conditions is that you cannot be within so many feet of children under 18 unsupervised. And this presented a problem for the church, and the church voted basically to ban the children rather than to keep the pastor uh, uh out of the out of the pulpit, and so it's an interesting thing. Even as we speak, um, it's an interesting thing because of the fact that when we consider it, that so many people are missing it. So many people, children are at risk, and they don't seem to care. Uh, they don't seem to recognize the fact that their children's perception of life, their children's perception of what is right or what is wrong, is being totally impacted by this. So, uh, you know, um, what can I say? Uh, you know, this is really a travesty. Um, it is a travesty of the worst kind um, because of the fact we're talking about children, innocency, uh, them learning about God. Um, you know, um, their whole idea of what God is in church is being impacted and, and shaped by the church, and yet and still we have a pastor here that uh, is a registered sex offender and the church, rather than to correct that situation, have banned the children from being in church. Now, what do you think about something of, of, of that magnitude? How do you ban children from being in church when this is the place where children ought to be able to come and to learn and to gather and to grow? And yet it's still we're dealing with these type of matters. And uh there's something to be said because we have a place that we must take, we have a stance that we must make, and we cannot afford to hire our children to be be subject to these type of things. And so, my 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 real word to you tonight is what do what do we do? I mean, what do you think about that? Is that something that the church should have taken a different position on? Excuse me, a different stand on? Or is that something that um, you know they handled the right way? I don't know about you, but I know one thing. Uh, there is a scripture in Ecclesiastes saying, Now remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days draw nigh. 
And, uh, you know, and here's a situation that, you know, you want to talk to. You want to get uh, children involved at a very early age. You want them to learn the principles of faith. You want them to learn all of those things. And how can they learn it if we they are being banned from the very church that ought to be teaching these type things? And I don't know if you've heard it, but it's uh, definitely uh, the church is located in Jacksonville, Florida. And so it just goes to tell us that our work is uh, still needs to be done. How many people we know? That, that that you may know personally that lives have been severely affected because of uh, number one they were they were molested they were violated uh, they were sexually abused when they were children and and sometimes not just uh, not by so much strangers as much as it is by family members or close acquaintances and in this case happen to be a pastor a religious leader how in how impactful is this to a child, the way they see the world, the way they see God, the way they see themselves, the way they see faith, the way they see church? All of those things are so impacted by the, by folks that are witnessing domestic violence. And so when I look at it, and when I look at it uh, from a standpoint, when I look at it from the standpoint of, of um, where we should be here, what we're missing is um, – what we're missing is the fact that we're, we must begin to really get this message uh, out there to let them know that this is not right, it's not acceptable, uh, you know, God doesn't ordain it, and there's no place for it. Because when we see it happen, we've seen so many, uh, what, what you would say, fallouts happen as a result of people that have been not only molested, but people that have grown up keeping secrets because of these type of things happening. Now, don't get me wrong, okay, uh, um, you know, because, in fact, I know that so often, especially in the black community, these are hush-hush situations. We don't like to talk about these things, although those, these things are very real. We don't like to bring them up, but these things are very real, and we have to um, – we have to bring them up. I often say, you know, it's one of my favorite phrases that we can never change that which we're unwilling to confront, and we can never confront that which we're unwilling to uh, identify. We can never identify that which we're unwilling to acknowledge, and we can never acknowledge that which we're unwilling to accept. And so, therefore, when we continue to put our uh, head in the sand and we disregard what's really going on, what we're literally saying is that it's okay. What we're saying is that, you know, um, some things are meant to be kept secret, and I totally disagree because what happens when they suffer in silence, it impacts everything, everything they're meant to be. It impacts everything that they're called to be. So we have to do the best that we can to change the dynamics, to change the way that things are being seen. We have to do everything that we can to make sure that our children and our, and our young people are not suffering at the hands of abusers. They're not suffering at the hands of abusers, and this is going to be very crucial at this day and time because of the fact when uh, children suffer, when children suffer at the hands of, of, of an abuser, uh, then we have to consider the fact that um, the abuser is the person that is perpetrating the guilt. They are the one that's perpetrating the shame. They're the one that's perpetrating these type things. So we have to be very, very, and I do want to make sure I'm emphasizing, we have to be very, very careful, very, very careful of what we're doing. And so when we're very careful about it um, and everything, we have to take in consideration the children. The children is uh, the ones that are being impacted. And because they are being the ones impacted, we have to do all that we can to make sure that they are protected in every way. And what place uh, greater than a church that be con should be considered a place of protection, you know, a place where, where whether they're children or whether they're adults, um, you know, the Bible declared that, you know, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run therein. And so uh, we ought to be uh, the people of God and the church ought to be a haven for people to come and regardless of what is going on in their life, they should be able to find peace. They should be able to find joy. They should be able to find happiness. They should be able to find the things that they need in order to, um, in order for them to succeed and become the people that God wants them to be. And that is so crucial in this day and time. It is crucial because of the fact when we start having churches that begin to uh, pick 
pastors over the over the good of the children, then we have a real issue. When we begin to do those type of things, we have a real problem. So I want you to just know tonight that uh, even as you listen tonight, we want to kind of uh, pick up on that subject. We want to kind of uh, pick up that subject matter and and really have a real uh, discussion tonight on this situation as we talk about abuse and and, and violence and what happens when abuse shatters a young person's life at such an early age. What happens when abuse uh, begins to captivate a young person's life at such an early age? What happens when the very people they trust are the very ones that hurt them? What happens when they are now confused between what is love versus what, what uh, what is pain and what is violation? So those things are very, very important. And we have to be willing to call it, it call it for what it is. And when I say call it for what it is, that we have to be able to identify it because they need to know that this is not excusable. God does not ordain it. He does not condone it. So anyway, on the other side of break, we're going to get ready to take a break here. You're listening to J.R. Thickman, and you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, right here on Soul of America Radio. And we're going to be coming back right after the break. Hopefully to take some of your calls. I'd like to have you to chime in. Once again, I want to say happy, happy Veterans Day to all our veterans, our men and women uh, that wear and have worn the uniform. Uh, I want you to uh, know that we so appreciate you and join us here right on Open Healing Attorney to Hold Us. I'm J.R. Nickman. I am Gary Post. I'll see you right on the other side of the You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. This is Thor. You give Jay a call right now. And now, back to the show. tonight here on Soul of America Radio. And uh, once again, I want to send a shout-out to all of our veterans, all of our men and women uh, that are in uniform. I want you to know that we so greatly appreciate you and all the work and all the sacrifice that you've made for this country. Listen, on the other side of the break, we start off the show. We're talking tonight about abuse. As you know, this show is dedicated to not only brokenness, abuse, domestic violence, those things there, but we're talking about the fact of how impactful it is when children suffer abuse and molestation at an early age. And that what sprung that subject matter was the fact I was reading an article about a pastor in Jacksonville, Florida, that's here in the state of Florida where I reside. In Jacksonville, Florida, there's a big 
thing going on there because the church has voted to ban the children under 18 from the church uh, because the pastor is a convicted child molester. And as a, as a being a child molester or being a sexual predator is a more appropriate term in this case here. Because of being a sexual predator, a part of his condition, number one, he has to report that uh, wherever he goes. He has to report that he cannot reside within a uh, certain radius without reporting that. And number two, on, on top of that, part of the provision of the sentence is that he cannot be uh, with children unsupervised, the children that are under the age of 18. So there goes the whole youth department inside of that, and the church have chosen to keep that pastor and to ban the children rather than to make other um, concessions for that. And so that sprung the subject matter that, you know, I mean, that is almost blasphemous to hear, number one, and, de- and definitely the pastor need our prayers, but we have to also pray for the mindset of people when we make those type of decisions, because what we're saying is that not only in this situation with this particular pastor, but when we consider the fact when children are violated uh you know, sexually, when they're abused and violated sexually at an early age, think about the trauma that happens to their lives, post-traumatic stress disorder. Let's, let's go beyond that. Let's talk about developmental disorders that happen as a result of children being violated, and oftentimes by trusted individuals. Oftentimes it's a close family member or someone they trust. In this case, it could be a leader. It could be a cousin. We've heard the story, the Boy Scout leader, the troop leader, uh, you know, uh, the youth counselor, whoever it might be. But what we do know is that it caused lifelong effect and lifelong impact that happens when children are violated. And so part of what we're saying tonight is that when this abuse happened, you know, we have to not only expose it, but we have a we have a moral right and a spiritual responsibility to protect our children and to protect those that are most vulnerable. And so tonight, I open it up to you, callers, and those of you that are uh, that are uh, that are tuning in via the internet. There, uh, if you want to call in and you just want to call in, I mean, perhaps you want to share a comment or you want to have something you want to chime in or story to share along this line. You can reach us at area code three two three seven eight. And if you desire to ask a question, just hit the number one, and that will let our engineer know that you want to have something to say, you want to make a comment. Um, But I would definitely invite your comments tonight. Inside of it, what do you think about that? I mean, we've all seen the stories. I I, I know that in my life and in my capacity, I've dealt with families. I've dealt with adult people who are simply victims of molestation. They're victims of being violated when they were very young. And it impacted the way they saw themselves, impacted the way they saw life, it impacted their degree of becoming close to people. Many became very isolated or withdrawn, or we saw the other effect where they became very aggressive and very assertive. And so we know that this has an impact. And so the church ought to be a place, and I continue to say, the church is supposed to be the spiritual trauma center. The church ought to be a place of safety. And so when we're talking about the fact that here it is that in the church itself where the pastor has been identified as this, what do you think was the right move? What was the right thing for the church to do inside of that situation? Should the pastor been allowed to continue to pastor? Should there have been other provision made? Because, listen, I understand that's a slippery slope there. I know that we've all sinned and come short of the glory, and somebody's going to say that tonight. But I want you to understand that, listen, that we still have to use wisdom as it relates to how we deal with our children, because their image of God, their concept of God, their view of God, and their their trust in God can often be shaped, and it is shaped at their early ages, by the adults around them. I mean, what do you tell a child you're not able to go to this church because this church uh, cannot allow children to be there? And so what do you do when they say, why can't children go? Do you tell them the truth? Is it because of the fact that the pastor can't be around children up under the age of 18? unsupervised or do you say to them that the church is not a place for a young kid either way it goes you're casting doubt in the lives and the mindset of young people so i know that you're hearing me today that that you're out there and uh, uh definitely if you want to have a, a comment you want to chime in you can call us at erico 323 
784-9638 and just hit the number one and uh, definitely the engineer will uh, cue us that you want to say something when you hit one uh, it actually signals us that you want to say something your actual little finger goes up and it says that you want to be able to have something to share on this show and want to be able to express yourself now listen to me very carefully because this is very important and I said here earlier uh, especially people of color and, and you know this is first of all this is a sensitive subject in and of itself but we have become very much masters of covering things up we don't want those type of things to ever come forth we might have been the originals inventor of the saying that they say in vegas what happens in vegas stays in vegas and we've been raised that what happens in this house stays in this house we've been raised to think that these are secrets that we keep and oftentimes these secrets are the things that hold people in bondage way into their adulthood impacts the way they involve themselves in future relationships impact the way they feel as far as getting close to anyone or trusting anyone. It impacts the way they see God, how they see faith. It impacts the way that they even interact with people. Uh, it impacts their trust factor. It impacts all of those things. And for many, it causes identity crisis, who they are, and they sit there and they debate over it. They're being tormented inside of that. And I'm saying to you, knowing that all of these impacts that are there, is it worth it to keep the secret, or should we be more or less holding each other Accountable, holding adults accountable who would take that route, who would violate a child, who would molest a child. And we see it happen. Folks, these things happen. We see it happen. It is played out. People have written books about it because of their experiences when no one else would listen. So we have a responsibility uh, to not only uh, make sure that this message is heard, but we have a responsibility to make sure that our most vulnerable people, our most vulnerable uh, uh, citizens, our children, is protected. So what do you think about it? Uh, the phone lines are open. There we go, 323-784-9638. If you'd like to comment, you'd like to have a word, you'd like to have a question, just hit the number one, and we'll acknowledge you. The engineer will uh, uh, have us to give you a call, and we'll get to that place where we need to. So what I want to say to you that is so crucial in this moment in time is the fact that when we look at child abuse, when we look at these things here, child abuse, oftentimes we think about a child being hit uh, and, and neglected and those things, and that is true. But oftentimes we tend to not want to talk about the abuse that happens physically, sexually to children, and these things impact them. So when we talk about children being impacted, we're talking about children being violated at a very early age. And unfortunately, and it is almost a travesty that we are seeing in this day and time that the children, the people that they trust the most, are the ones that's violating them. If you're listening to us tonight and you're just tuning in, uh, we are talking about a, a story that was posed that, uh, that came across the wire today. And it was about a church, a pastor there in Jacksonville, Florida, who he has been convicted of, and they know that he's convicted um, sexual predator and part of his uh, condition of, of his sentencing and things is number one that he cannot he, he cannot be around children unsupervised under the age of 18 number one number two he has to report that he's a sexual predator and number three of course not only is that he has to report it it has to be made published that that's the case well the church took the vote and the church decided to ban children from the church under 18 years old in order that they may keep the pastor. And so that raised the question tonight, do you think that was a good choice? Do you think that was the choice to make? And if so, how do you think that impacts the children? How do you think it impacts the way they see themselves? How do they see God? What do you tell a child who has been going to the church and all of a sudden the mom or the dad say, well, you can't go to church? And they're asking why, and they have to say, well, because of the fact, you know, you're under 18. I mean, isn't it in our young age that our lives are at the foundation of faith and what we believe in is, is uh, actually shaped and formed? And I'm just wondering, how do we handle that? But see, that goes back to a very long generational lineage of a lot of things that we have swept up under the rug that we don't want to confront. But I continue to say we can never change that which we're unwilling to confront. We can never confront that which we're unwilling to identify. We can never identify that which we're unwilling to acknowledge. And we can never identify uh, knowledge, excuse me, that which you're unwilling to accept. So there's a real problem there. So uh, I open up to you, the, you that are on the line. If you like to have a comment, you like to add something to this. Maybe you want to share. Maybe an incident that's similar to it. Uh, 
area code 323-784-9638, or you can just hit the number one, and we will acknowledge you. But this is a problem. It is a serious epidemic, because would that present a crisis to your faith? Would that present a crisis to your faith, to know that you're being violated, to know that you're being uh, that, that that you've been violated, that you have been uh, touched uh, unlawfully and, un- and illegally touched by uh, someone in leadership, someone that you trust, whether it's a family member, whether it's a cousin. We've seen those things happen, and unfortunately, too often, and especially in the culture of African Americans and blacks, that well, that we just consider it a passing thing in family. Well, these type things happen, but these type things does impact the way one sees the world. It impacts the way one grows up, developmentally, cognitively, how they see themselves. It definitely impacts the way they uh, interact in other relationships futuristically. It impacts the fact of trust and and the value really uh, definitely steals innocency very early on. And so my question to you today is what would you do? What do you do? Do you talk about this? Is it something that you bring up? Is it something that you like to tell somebody about? How do you think a child feels when they're attending the church and these type of things are happening, but no one hears, hears their cry? That is what we're talking about. Listen, you're listening, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I thank you for tuning in to uh, Soul of America Radio with us tonight. Listen, right on the other side of the break, I want you, that's right, I want to open up the lines for you to call. That'll be area code 323-784-9638, and I want to invite your comments right after the break. On the other side there, call a friend, tell a neighbor that we're on the airway and we have Hope and Healing. And when we come back, I'll be taking your call there. Uh, caller, uh, last numbers ended in 2093. Hold on to right after the break, and we'll see you on the other side of it. You're listening to J.R. Sigmund, Hope and Healing, the Journey to Hope, right here, full of America. Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. We'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. Don't touch that dial and take it easy. If you're listening to the show tonight and you feel led to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638. And if you're already holding, press 1 to let Jay know that you want to talk. We'll be right back. Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. on this Veterans Day. Once again, I want to send out a happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans, the men and women that have served, that have worn this uniform, that have signed their name on the blank check in, in defense and in, uh, in defense uh, of our freedom and our liberties here in this great country of ours. And I'm so glad to have had you uh, to, to put your life in harm's way for each and every one of us. 
Listen, just before the break, and all show long, we've been talking about this whole issue of abuse and and uh, uh, you know being exposed, and, and, and all of this started with uh, me sharing with a story I read earlier today about a pastor in Jacksonville. And you know, I'm not trying to throw a pastor up under the bus, but I'm saying here's the principle of the matter: is the fact that the pastor is a convicted felon. He's convicted of a, a sexual a sexual predator, and part of that condition that he has to report, uh, you know, that that's who he is within the radius, their specific radius of where he may live. Number one, number two, is that part of the condition there that he cannot be with any child, a person eighteen or under, um, unsupervised, and so as a result, the church decided they voted. And they banned the children that was 18 and under. They banned the children from the church, but the pastor is still there. And I talked about that's the type of thing that lends itself to just injury. When children are violated very early on, when anyone is injured, it impacts the way that they see the world. It impacts their decision-making. It impacts their identity. And it just impacts them all the way around. And so it lends itself to the secrecy that we continue to see in our society, and especially among African Americans. And so my question tonight, as I invite you in, is the fact, you know, should we be exposing this? Should we not be speaking out more about this and its impact? And if you're going to call in, it's area code 323-784-9638. If you'd like to have something to say, just hit the number one. One, and uh, we will recognize your call. The engineer will get you on and uh, definitely entertain your comment. We have a call on the line right now. Good afternoon. I'm so glad to have you with us today. And uh, what do you think about this whole issue about abuse in our society, especially to our most vulnerable ones, and our silence? Should we, not, should we be silent or should we be silent the alarm? Good evening, Pastor Dicklin. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing so great. I'm so glad to have you join us. Man, it's glad to be here. Pastor, I was sitting here listening to, you know, the whole thing about the abuse and the pastor. But First of all, I mean, now, if I heard you correctly, I heard you say that the pastor, you know, he offended on some a, a child or whoever he offended on. It was a child. He went to prison and came back, or, or this, this, this happened recently. Yes. In other words, actually, he, you know, he served far as that time for the, for the incident, but he comes back okay. as a pastor, and part of what has to happen, he has to report. You know, he has to report. Uh, you know, he has to register. Number one, he has to be on the registry yeah. that he is a sex, sexual predator. And but second right. part of that condition that he can't be around children eighteen Cute. or younger unsupervised. <laughs> so, so what you're saying? The church made a choice to ban the kids and keep the pre- and keep the pastor. Exactly. <laughs> that hey now see. That is what's wrong with us now, you know, in our communities, especially in the black community. So we are opposing to what this pastor has done. We, we, we almost like turn the blind eye. Okay, we'll accept you back, but the kids got to go, but we want to accept this pastor back. And what he done or what he has done wasn't really that serious. Well, basically, we, basically. we are saying that it's not that serious. I, I think with that type of vote, I think it sends a it sends a wrong message to the children. What do you tell a child that a, all of a sudden you can't go to church? Why? Uh, because you're a child. <laughs> Man, that is that, that is crazy. See, and, and you know, I just want to chime in because you asked the question, and the question is, do do we silent keep silent, or do we do we say anything about, or do we mention, or do we say, you know? Or do we mention the abuse itself? And I think, yeah, we we need to make our people knowledgeable of the abuse that take place. I mean, it's no reason that we should keep silent and allow this thing to continue to happen, you know. I believe in that we, we must say something. We must educate the community. We must... We must advocate for the ones who cannot do that for themselves. And when you say they cannot do that for themselves, we're not just speaking in terms of just the children, but we're talking about in terms of those that may be intimidated by the power of the position of the violator who is violating them. Would you not say that's also correct? That is correct. That that, that is correct. We, you, you know, um, a lot of times when people see people of power, they get intimidated and they and they want to, you know, not not say anything or, or rather keep their mouths closed. But but but. We cannot continue to go on like that, you know. 
Well, you, you see, that's my opinion. That's just my. But and I thank you for it because you, you're exactly right. One of the problems that we have, and I and I and I invite any of you to chime in. There are many people that are on the that are on the line as I'm looking over there at the board and stuff. And please feel free if you'd like to have something to say, just hit the number one, and uh, we definitely would like to invite your opinion, invite your comment in. It, it's a fact of it's three things. Number one, it's a fact of the act that takes place, and yet it's still we all want to keep silent and act as if. It's not happening. I call that the ostrich mentality because the ostrich is known for burying its head in the sand. So, therefore, yes. uh, becoming totally oblivious to the fact that he's exposed is behind. Okay? So that's uh-huh. the first thing. The second part of this type of thing is when the perpetrator, the violator, knowingly know that they are they are violating, they're molesting, they're mistreating, but they're using their position of authority, whether they're using their position of authority because it is a title or position or they're using uh, their power and control, uh, uh, abusing their power by usurping that authority on someone. I, you know, I can recall some years ago, and I'm not sure it was Essence Magazine, one of the magazines, they actually published an edition called When Pastors Pray. And they wasn't talking uh-huh. about P-R-A-Y. They was talking about P-R-E-Y. Yeah. And it was a powerful <laughs> issue because of the fact from a position, you know, whether you're a supervisor on the job, whether you're a foreman or whoever you may be, the fact that you have someone that is a subordinate to you and you use that power in order to uh, seduce them, to violate them, and expect them to be quiet, that is called abuse of power. And so that is all automatically implied when we're talking about a child. When a child looks up to an adult, when a child looks up to an older sibling or older cousin and things, and these type of things happen, it violates them. But the problem is that they often suffer in silence, and that's where my concern is. They suffer in okay. silence, end up with many emotional scars, many situations that affects the way they see the world developmentally, and we often wonder what happened to that kid. We see young girls oftentimes that have been violated very early on. They've been raped, molested, whether by a cousin or by a mom's boyfriend or by you know a family member or by someone, and, and, and they don't all turn out the same. Sometimes they turn out and they're promiscuous, and then you know people are judging their people are judging their present without knowing their past. So they say, well, she's right. just promiscuous. But the fact of the matter, she didn't start off promiscuous. She's been violated, and and oftentimes that innocency been uh, been 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 taken away, and this is what come out of it. On the other hand, we see people that end up with very much deep seated anger, people that feel violated, people who have identity crisis, and we never go back to the root of it. Where did this come from? How did it happen? And unfortunately, in our community, we have a tendency to just sweep it up under the rug, and we continue to say, you know what, you know how Uncle Freddie is. He's just fresh. Well, Uncle Freddie needs to be reprimanded and called out because Uncle Freddie has no business rubbing on his nieces or nephews. He has no business trying to smooch and kiss and touch them in the wrong places. These are violations. And if if we allow those things to become the normal thing, our children are going to grow up thinking that this is okay, although their bodies and everything within them tell them that it's not. Well, and, and just like you mentioned, Pastor Ticklin, if if we overlook Uncle Freddie rubbing on the little kid's legs and, and act as if it's nothing, and then, you know, this is the kind of stuff that happens. And now on a larger scale, now when, when I'm hearing you talk, this is what happened in the church right now. We're saying, you know, the, little, the young kids or the boys or whoever the, the kids cannot come to church because we have our pastor here who's an big, who's a convicted felon, a predator is 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 running our church. <laughs> I mean that to me to me that speaks volumes of where we are as 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 a whole or not 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 everyone but it speaks volume of the things that we allow to happen in our communities. And I and I totally agree. I totally agree with it because listen, I'm I'm not saying that there should be forgiveness for him, but I think there should be forgiveness, but there still should be accountability. And I think there's another place you don't you don't penalize the children because of the pastor. You know, if anything, you know, make him a pastor that does the night services. You know, on a Sunday night when the children are not there. You know. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> with this modern technology, 
He, he, I mean, with all this modern technology, he can he can be. A, I mean, you can you can do something online, you know. But, exactly. But he can be he can be an internet pastor, time. right? Okay, where he's not yeah. where he's not <laughs> interacting. But I'm I'm concerned about the profound message that it sends to the children. The profound message right. that the children are now receiving, because you know I don't know about you, but my whole foundation and my belief was really established when I was a child. The way I saw God, the way I saw religion, the way I saw church was established there. I don't know what would have happen if if I'm all of a sudden told that I can't go to church. I can't go to church on Sunday morning. Because <laughs> what? Because Pastor Well we that would have been crushing to me. I'm really I'm really concerned about the people who made this decision to you know, to even allow this kind of thing to happen. You know, it should never happen number one. It should never never happen number one. Number two, these kids are getting this message that that it, it's almost like, what do you mean? And do, you know what? Another thing is, I'm pretty sure these kids know this guy's background. So they're saying, you know, since this pastor here is a convicted felon for child molestation or whatever, that he can't have contact with us. So guess what? They make us not go. They tell us that we can't go to church and they'd rather have this guy. You know, I don't know. I Once mean, again, you know, now that, that compounds the issue. Could they feel just a little bit of rejected? Could they feel a little bit unwanted? And so that's the key thing is that the church is not hearing the message that they're sending to the children and sending to the community at large, and we have to do something about that. And, listen, I really appreciate, I mean, excellent comments, excellent insight, and we have to continue to raise that. And I'm, and I'm glad to have another man to actually be the first caller to actually speak out against that because so often, you know, Here's the thing about it. When there's a violation, especially when women are mostly on that end of the violation, then it's a little uncomfortable for them to speak out about it. But I think that when men take the position to speak out about it, that it, it, it sends volume. It, 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 it sends volumes of respect and volumes of attention because what it's saying is that we don't condone this. This isn't right by any stretch of the imagination. Right. We have to hold people accountable regardless of their title, regardless of their position. And until we do that until we do until we do that, we're not truly doing the Lord's business at all. Every code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's right. That's the number to reach us right here on Soul of America Radio. This is J.R. Thickland, Hope and Healing. And right on the other side of the break, uh feel free to call in. If you're holding it, you want to be one of the callers. You want to be able to have some comment, just hit the number one. We acknowledge you and get you right on the line. So once again, right on the other side of the break, uh we'll be glad to have you as we continue to talk about abuse. And you know, is this wrong? Should we out against it? What about our most vulnerable, our most vulnerable citizens, our children, our very families? There is no excuse for abuse. It is wrong, it is wrong, it is wrong, and it will always be wrong. I'll see you on the other side of the break. Hope and healing. Listen to J.R. Back to the show. 
and yet and still we choose to bring them on. So, so I don't know what what would what would you say to their congregation of uh, uh, members? I don't know. It could be some listening even right now. What would you say to them? In, in, you know, in uh, I guess in relationship to their decision to ban the children. Uh, me personally, I would say to them, someone need to stand up for the kids. And also, if you truly have God in your heart and mind the way you're supposed to have him, there's no way they would even accept that man back in that church and have the kids banded out. It just makes no sense to me. So I'm just dumbfounded about the whole situation. (laughs) I'm dumbfounded. I, I I have looked through it in every angle that I could. Even if they were trying to be the greatest of greatest of spiritual people and say that we forgive him and you know we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, that's true. And I, you have no beef there with me. But what happened to the scripture that says, "Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven." What happened to those scriptures, uh, such as you know, uh, "Remember now the Lord thy creator in the days of thy youth." I mean, this impacts how the children see God. So, you know, we, we've got to do something about that, and we've got to sound these alarms. And the problem is, and I'm going to say this, and I've said it for a long time, but one of the things is that most of our churches are not regulated. You know, we we say, well, the Holy Spirit ought to be the regulator. Unfortunately, people, you know, if they're not regulated by laws and rules that they can tangibly touch, they don't adhere to it. And so when these type of things happen like this, there's really, if there's no governing structure in place to make sure these things are are addressed properly, then we have these type of situations. And I do like what you said. Who's going to stand up and speak for the children? In this case, no one did. The right. church left the children hanging. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Do me a favor. Please pray for them. I'll, I'll have more information on next week. Please okay. uh, help pray for them because my heart goes out because I look at my childhood where that's where my basis of my faith and religion was built when I was a child. I mean, right. if I didn't go to Sunday school, if I had not have been able to go to church, God knows where would I have ended up, you know. And the fact that they have been banned makes absolutely no sense today. Listen, I thank you so very much. Do you have any other thing you'd like to say tonight? Um, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for calling. Thank you so very much. Listen, folks, this is a serious subject matter, and uh, it is happening uh, right here in the good old U.S. of A. and even more so in the state of Florida. I don't know, man. I tell you, Florida have had a rough week or two. I mean, we can't count an election. and We're the last one holding out uh, for to get a count for the presidential election, and now we got these type of things happening here. There's much work to be done, and I encourage you to make sure that, you know, that as you pray for children, as you pray, pray for churches and pastors, pray that people get a spirit of discernment, just a spirit of truth, that these type of things are not going on. Listen, our time is just about gone. We only have about another two minutes before we get ready to go off here and things. If you'd like to say anything, uh, a question, a comment, you're only uh, you're waiting on the line, area code 323-784-9638. Just hit the number one, and we'll know that you're there, and we'll give you opportunity to say something. And uh, we're glad to have your comments. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad to be with you here on Soul of America Radio. And let me say this as we're, as we're uh, coming to that point, if you desire to say anything just hit one is that uh be tuned next week we have a tremendous show we're going to have a very special guest we're going to go back and look at some issues here and we're talking about kind of along the same line because there's a problem when the church can't even be a safe haven for people that are abused people that are hurt people that uh, need help when when we can't find hope and healing in the church then there's a problem there what is what good is it to have all the big cathedral what good is it to have all the program but there's nothing there to protect I believe, as my dear friend, um, uh, Minister LaDonna Coombs says out of Detroit, she says that the church should be the spiritual trauma center. And I believe that, that we ought to be that spiritual trauma center, that if a child is in trouble, if a victim is in trouble, a woman is in trouble, a child is in trouble, even a man is in trouble, they ought to be able to turn to the church and find hope 
and be able to find healing and know that it's all right. And so those are the things that we have to keep in mind as we look forward to things in the future. Listen, that hour goes by so quick when we're having such a great discussion. But I want you to keep in mind that you can you can find us every, that's every uh, Monday evening, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 8 o'clock if you're in the Central Time Zone, 7 o'clock if you're in the Mountain Time Zone, and, of course, 6 o'clock if you're in the Pacific Time Zone. Our dear friends there out of California and Nevada and those areas like that, uh, we're on 6 o'clock there right uh, front in the midst of your drive time and getting home. But we always welcome you uh, to be a part of the show. And, listen, we're about ready to go, but I ask you to tune in to Soul of America Radio. Catch us here. Uh, there's so many other shows here that you can catch during the time. Uh, you got uh, the Big Easy Show that is coming on every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And on Saturday, I believe at 6, you will find um, it called it called Hell No Devil. And it's, uh, and it's a powerful show that you'll find at this time right here on Soul of America Radio. Uh, listen, our time is just about gone, but until next week, this is J.R. Thickland, and I ask that you join us next week for another edition of Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You have a great night. So glad you joined us. Listen, there is hope. You don't have to ruin the power. You don't have to give up. You don't have to give up. You can't make it. And I know you know there's hope. Hope is It's on the way. So next week, I'm J.R. Thickland. I'll see you. Right here, full of America. Right here.